yo, yo, man, and we're back. It's the one and only Nothing Beats Experience Quarantine Edition. And right now I am joined by none other than the one, the only Johnny Christ. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, man, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a little late to the Avenge party. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm a little late to the party, but, uh, you know, this whole quarantine thing is, you know, me and you were talking the other day about it, how it's brought people together. Uh, so interesting story here. I interviewed Virgil Ortiz on my show back in February. Uh, and he mentioned that it would be a dream come true if in when he fights at AT&T Stadium, that his dream would be to have you guys walk him out to the ring. And I don't know how, but by way of God, somehow or another, I, I met somebody that knew you, put it in their ear, and we were doing some stuff to possibly make it happen. And uh, for you to meet him. But anyways, you ended up having him on your show, Drinks with uh, John, yeah. days ago. And just on behalf of myself, you know, because he's a friend of the show. Thank you so much for making that happen. That was so Oh, of course. Thank you. Thank you for making that happen. Yeah. The the mutual friend that we have is Cody, uh, Cody Smith, who is uh, Jake the Snake Roberts' uh, daughter, who I had back on on my Drinks with Johnny show back pretty much when I first started the show. He was one of my first uh, guests. And... Uh, yeah, he's a great dude. She, she's awesome. She was managing him at the time. She manages a bunch of other wrestlers, and she was actually the one that connected you and I, which in turn connected me to Virgil, and then who I had R-Truth the other day. You helped me hook that up. Um, so thank you for all that, man. That, that was cool. Well, man, it, it's so crazy how, and I was going to ask you how you've been staying busy during the quarantine, right? But like we talked about, it, this quarantine stuff has kind of made us adapt to this virtual reality. And here we are, you know, connected. So, uh, but yeah, man, that that was so awesome. Thank you so much for making that happen. Virgil's such a good guy, and I know he's going to go on and do great things. Oh, absolutely. And I can't, I absolutely can't wait to walk him out to the ring at some point. I know that that's going to happen. Uh, he will be in that big fight, and he and will will absolutely back him up on that. That would be a dream for me. Like before this quarantine happened, we were actually going to talking about just having me, maybe not even the rest of the guys come out um, to his next big fight that was supposed to happen on March uh, 28th at the Forum Hill here in LA. And I was like, dude, I would love to do that just to hang with you. I, I, I don't, you know, and see that side of the, of the boxing ring. I'm a boxing fan, but I've never seen that the, 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 the other side of it, I guess. Well, man, that's awesome. Well, we, like I just mentioned, we were talking about drinks with Johnny, right? So this is your, your show that you've been doing. How long have you been doing the show now? And, how did it all kind of come together? Like, how did this, where did this concept come from? So it started about a year ago. Um, we, I had, was kicking around the idea of putting together some kind of show for the Avenged Sevenfold YouTube channel. We uh, were discussing as a band getting more content out um, for the fans. Uh, one of the ideas was these breakdown videos that we've done, which are up on, on the Avenged Sevenfold YouTube channel, which are awesome. Like, we, we go into... Uh, not to get off on a tangent here, but we go into the weeds of, of uh, different album, uh, different songs that we've tracked. Um, and that was a really cool one. And I brought this idea to the table where I was going to, it originally kind of started it. I was just going to make a cocktail and play a little bass riff. And then um, that was the initial idea. And then it was like, well, what is that really going to look like? And then I was like, well, how about I have a cocktail or a drink or something with all of our, with one of our friends. Cause you know, through, I've been in a band for, fuck, we've been traveling for like 20 years now. And uh, so uh, through that I've, I've gotten to meet and, and know a lot of interesting people. And I'm like, well, 
we always hang out anyway. Why don't I just hit the record button on, on one of our normal hangs, you know? And uh, that's kind of where it started. And we did it. We started real slow, man. We, did, we only did like a handful of episodes. I want to say like a dozen episodes at first. And they were just kind of sporadic. And then, uh, and it was supposed to be for YouTube. And then uh, my buddies were like, hey, I could record. I could just rip the audio from this video right here and put it out as a podcast too. And I was like, Oh, what's that? And then we start. I started learning about what a podcast was and it just kind of, it, everything has kind of evolved. It's, it's still an ever evolving show. I still feel like we're in the beginning stages of it, but we've had such great guests that everyone's like, Oh, you must've been doing this for a long time. I'm like, nah, dude. Like I just, I've gotten lucky with my guests. Like I've had a lot of really cool people come on. Um, and, and I, I, I believe that it will keep growing and we're just constantly evolving onto what the show is. I mean, I'd say it started out as a cocktail was the, was the icebreaker. And now it's like 90% of the people that come on my show don't even drink. And that, and that's fine with me. It's more, the show has evolved more into a typical podcast, maybe not typical, but more of a podcast where it's uh, uh, you know, interesting conversation with interesting people. And I have the, I have all the camera stuff. I have a great director in Brandon Lombardo that puts a production value on it that, uh, is next to no one. I haven't seen anyone else that actually puts out a podcast with this much production value. So, and I, and it's not because it's not like I'm big dicking anybody here. I'm just like, Oh, that I have this equipment. So why not use it? You know? No, I love the set. I, and you know, and it's so funny that, like I said, I was late to the party, but I actually watched the interview. with Virgil. I watched the interview with R-Truth and I'm not just saying this to say it, man. I think you're doing a great job. I feel like your personality is really coming, you know, I don't know how long you've been doing it. That's why I had asked you, but like, I feel like it's really shining. And I just don't know how you've been enjoying like the process and the growth of the show, because it seems to be going in a, in, in a direction where like, well, shit, this might be my colleague, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely still my side gig. Revenge Sevenfold will always be my main gig. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying the hell out of it, man. I, I'd probably like you, like yourself or, or most other people who are in this industry, like I'm an extrovert. I like to talk to people. I want to get to know them. I, I, I enjoy that side of things. So yeah, I'm, I'm having an absolute blast. Like when in my world would I have thought that I crossed paths with our truth, right? Like I watched this guy for 15 years in WWE, never thought anything about it. Just, um, I just never would have met that guy. Like our, our circles would have never connected you know, had I not started doing this podcasting thing. And that's what I'm really enjoying about it. You know, it's like, I'm getting to meet people that are from so fucking left field from where my circles came from. And, but finding the commonality and, 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 and having a real discussion with them is just, it's so fun for me. And yeah, it's, it, I hope it just keeps growing because we can just get more and more people on there. And I mean, I have a lot of, a lot of cool guests lined up already as it is. And uh, uh, I appreciate you. Uh, saying that I'm doing a good job, I appreciate that. It's good to hear because I don't really know, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, heard, I, I know whenever I called you the other day, you kind of mentioned. I was like, dude, you're doing great. Like, I feel like your your personality is really, you know, shining through, and you're having a good time. You know, I know you said 90 percent of your guests don't drink, but as long as you do the drinking for them, man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll always do that part. Actually, I got I got I got my uh, hard kombucha right now so that, that I'm drinking. I'm very southern, very southern Californian of me. <laughs> okay, you know, you, you mentioned pro wrestling, you mentioned having our truth on. I've seen that you've had Tony Khan on, Eric Bischoff. That's one thing about me and you. See, I, I, apparently I didn't know this, but you, you're my spirit animal. Me and you are the same thing. <laughs> so we both have a love for pro wrestling. 
you mentioned to me that you were at WrestleMania 2, which I think is uh, the craziest thing in the world. You know what I mean? Uh, so kind of let's dig into that. Let's talk pro wrestling here first. Yeah, man, I'd love to, dude. A lot of times, like, I see a lot of comments. A lot of people get surprised that I'm a, that I'm a big pro wrestling fan. And I think it's because people don't, and, and, and I don't mean this in a negative way, I think people don't really understand that I'm just, like, because I'm an Avenged Sinful doesn't mean I can't also just be, like, a normal guy, right? Like, you all grew up, like, we all grew up on it the, the same. You know, we, we don't need to lie to each other. Like, wrestling was huge in our childhood, like, for everybody. Yeah. I mean, it, there's a reason why it's a, such a huge industry. And for me, uh, my father was a huge wrestling fan. As you mentioned, he took me to the uh, WrestleMania two which was held um, in the, uh, I'm sorry, the um, LA Forum, Chicago, I don't remember what the name of the arena was, and then the Madison's, uh, Madison Square Garden. They did it from three different locations that year. We were in the LA uh, uh, location. And I was all of probably, maybe not even a year, maybe a little over a year, somewhere in that range. And uh, yeah. I fell in love with wrestling as a kid, man. I grew up with on on Hulkamania running through these veins, you know, and uh, <laughs> and you know, it just and it's for a while. And I I grew up for with it for a while. I switched over to uh, sports when I was you know about five six years old. I started playing football, so I really got into football. And then um, wrestling was still there, but not as prominent for a while for a lot of my teen years. And then. Um, in traveling in the band and everything, I kind of fell away from it. But then we met some friends of ours, like Chris Jericho, um, became a good friend. So I started watching a little bit again there. And then I found uh, Eric Bischoff's podcast with uh, Conrad Ta uh, Conrad Thompson, um, uh, 83 Weeks. Started listening to that. It was actually our singer, Matt, that uh, told me about this podcast. So I was like, okay, I'm going to check it out. And it just, it goes through all the, all the times of WCW, which I loved watching. Um, even when I was like, oh, it's just, it's not as good as the WWF at the time, but I'm still going to watch it because it's not all at the same times. And then they, they flipped the script and fucking went head to head with them and created the Monday Night Wars, which to me on both, both uh, organizations put, to, put out their best material for about five years right there. And I was just like, okay, this is, that's, that's the peak of my fandom. And uh, yeah, so I've gotten back into it um through that and uh getting to talk to people like darby allen was on the show um and his wife priscilla kelly uh who she's in more uh independent stuff but she occasionally will come on aw as well and uh yeah there's there just a lot of cool people that i was meeting in wrestling again it got me watching again and now i'm like i i have it on my dvr i got monday night raw and i've got uh, dynamite on my dvr every week now yeah i mean it's it's crazy because you know i was talking to uh I had to interview Tessa Blanchard at the beginning of the year, and she she wrestles for Impact. And when I ran the interview with her, I was telling her off the record, I was like, you know, pro wrestling fans to me are are comparable to like Star Wars fans. You know, like they're just fanatics. You know, and uh, it took me a long time to realize that I'm a wrestling nerd. You know, I think that's what I'm <laughs> trying to explain to you. Uh, but have you got an opportunity to catch the Dark Side of the Ring documentary? Yeah, I've seen I've seen parts of it. I um I watched uh, mostly the the, the Benoit stuff. Um, uh, a few weeks back, um, I, I I I didn't watch before Benoit, and I know that there's other stuff after now. Uh, but yeah, I, I honed in on the on the Chris Benoit episodes. Yeah, that's a that's a really good series. Yeah, so with the pro wrestling stuff now, I know that you've been interviewing, and I think that's what, one thing about the format that you have with Richard Johnny that makes it so interesting. It's 
not like you're just bringing in musicians. You're bringing in people from different walks of life, athletes, pro wrestlers, and people are starting to kind of see, you know, the things that you like growing up or whatever the case may be. But speaking of pro wrestling, before we get off the subject of WWE, WWF, WCW, growing up, who was your favorite wrestler? Uh, well, it cha- I mean, again, I'm going to fucking nerd out here on you. It changed over the years. You know, I got, I mean, all time favorite might be Ric Flair, but, um, you know, when I first started, it was, uh, it was, uh, um, uh, fucking Hulk Hogan was, I mean, that was everyone's favorite. Randy Savage. I might've liked Randy a little bit more at the time when Randy was, 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 uh, wasn't being a heel when he first turned to, uh, 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 a good guy. That's probably when I was like, ah, Randy, I love Randy. And then as I grew up, you know, then Undertaker comes around. I'm like, that guy's the coolest fucking guy I've ever seen. Walks, walks on top of the, on top of the top rope halfway through the ring and then comes down on you. Tombstone pops up like that. Ah, what an amazing wrestler. But I think it all got overshadowed for me when in the attitude era, Degeneration X comes out with Triple H and Shawn Michaels. And those two together was probably like my all-time favorite shit. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I was at WrestleMania 32 in Dallas. You know, I'm from Dallas for Worth. Yeah. And I saw that the promo package was actually you guys' song, the event Sevenfold. It was for the Triple H promo versus uh, Roman Reigns. I don't know if you, if you guys, that, that was, that had to be a cool moment to know. Like, yeah. Yeah, do the, the theme record for that, you know? Yeah, no, no, that was, I mean, it, it's, it's funny though, because like back, um, there was a time uh, when we actually recorded a song, and I don't know where it is these days, but we recorded a song for uh, Ken Kennedy to be his intro music back in the day. But between our label and the WWE at the time, we couldn't make it work for whatever reason. That's all business that was done years ago. That's why I feel comfortable talking about it now. It's like it, it, the past is the past, bygones be bygones on that, you know? And uh, for whatever reason, couldn't make it work. But yeah, we've always been a fan. And, and every once in a while, they pick up a song. We're like, this is rad. <laughs> That's, it's a good platform, you know? And, and to have it with, with, with one of my favorites in Triple H, it's fucking awesome. Well, actually, I have two more wrestling questions. Mm. Uh, we're talking theme music. All-time favorite theme music pro wrestler. Who would it be? <laughs> That's a tough one. That's also, it's a very tough one for me because... I could easily just go Degeneration X theme for all of them. That was a fucking rad one. NWO was a rad one. Vince McMahon's uh, No Chance was a fucking amazing one. But there's something about the way the glass hits when Stone Cold's about to come out to the ring that I have to, I have to, hats off to that one. It's not even the song. It's just the glass hits and then it's there and you're like, here comes Stone Cold. <laughs> you mentioned on uh, the last, uh, no, I think the interview with Virgil, you mentioned that you were, that you had been watching The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary. I don't know if you have the WWE network, but WWE just started producing and just started putting out the episodes for The Last Ride, the Undertaker documentary, which is like the pro wrestling version of the Michael Jordan documentary. Yeah. We got a chance they to- put, They put that together in a hurry, didn't they? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if you've got a chance to check it out, man, but it, they're only one episode in because they're, they're spreading it out. It's a five-part docuseries, and it's pretty, it's pretty, I have not. I have not seen it yet. I saw a little bit of the of Taker on Stone Cold's show, um, which I thought was a great interview. Um, he really got to see a little bit more of uh, Taker's, you know, backside of his story, what kind of person he really is when he's not in character. 
um, which is awesome to see. Uh, I think any fan would love to see that. Uh, yeah, Last Dance, absolute masterpiece uh, documentary in my eyes. Um, it was, it's, it's really well done. A lot of people are complaining about it being from one perspective in Jordan and things like that when there was an entire team. And I, I, I can understand that, but f as a fan, not as being someone who was part of the Bulls organization at the time, it's just super interesting to me. Like to even that one perspective, I should then give me 10 more, <laughs> give me 10 more episodes with each and every person's uh, perspective that was on those teams. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd watch, I'm fucking into it. Um, even as a Lakers fan, I'm a diehard Lakers fan. That's the other thing. Like, but you got to understand and respect what the Bulls did in the 90s. It's just something that probably will never happen again. Well, you know, and me and you are around the same age. And, you know, one thing that I, I, I tweeted this out the other day, I said, man, between the Undertaker's docuseries, Michael Jordan's docuseries, and Mike Tyson apparently training for some form of a comeback right now, the '90s are back, man. I don't know why. I know. I fucking love it, dude. That was that was that was my era. <laughs> I'm talking about like what the hell, you know? So, uh, hey, dude, I, that's a lot. And a lot of people these days would think that that's that that's unheard of and crazy for Tyson to get back in the ring at his age. I'm like, dude, Foreman did it, and he won a he won the title when he came back. So it's it's not that crazy. And he looks ferocious, by the way. He Dude, he's still Mike Tyson. He's still fucking Mike Tyson. Like, I don't want to fuck with him. <laughs> I think at the tail end of his career, a lot of people are trying to compare. Like, why would he come back now when he struggled at the end of his career? But it's like, at that point in his career, he was probably checked out. Yeah. Right now, and, you know, I, I, I'd pay to see him before I'd pay to see a lot of fighters fight right now, so... Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and I get that. I get that criticism of like towards the end, how he looked. And that's fair to say, but you also got to, he was fresh out of jail. There was a lot of things going on in his personal life that were, that was obviously being brought to the ring. Right. And now he's, he's fixed all that. He's become such a, I mean, if, have you ever listened to his podcast? Like he's such a eloquent, he's such an eloquent, intelligent man. And he's, he's righted his path. And now I feel like he'll come back better. Like, Maybe not better than ever. I mean, he was. It was when when you're comparing yourself to your yourself in your prime. You know, I don't. I I can't say better than ever, but certainly some simulation of that would be insane to see. And I think he can be that. Maybe not better than ever, but definitely better than the end of his career. I Absolutely. I, I think. I think he's. I think he's a hundred percent capable of that, and I think that's why he's. Look, he doesn't need to get back in the ring. It's not a money grab. He's got plenty of money. He's got plenty of shit. He wants to prove it to himself. That's the only person he needs to prove it to. And that's what he wants to go out there and do. I, I, I commend him for it. Yeah, I absolutely sense that. I absolutely feel that this is his way of rewriting the last chapter of his career. And I think he's, he's earned the right to do that. You know, Absolutely. So I'm looking forward to see where that goes. So you mentioned you've been touring. You've been you know doing music for 20 plus years now, right? Uh, what would you say is probably the most grueling part of touring? You know, during all those years, you've been all around the world. Uh, what would you say is the one thing that just took its biggest toll on you? Oh, shit. I mean, just the isolation. I guess it's kind of set me up for this 2020 that we're having, but just the isolation, really. I mean, you think of it, like, we see a lot of fans when we're out on the road, and I love that. I get to, we have meet and greets and you know, you get like a handful of kids backstage. They're just excited to see you, take pictures with, have a chat, sign a couple of autographs. But other than that, the only other time you see other other people than your crew is is really just out on the uh, out on the stage. 
And although that's a great interaction, it's not a one-on-one -on -one like we're having right now, right? So that isolation of not having those one-on-one -on -one, uh, conversations um, with somebody other than, you know, my best friends, which is great, but like having those one-on-one -on -one conversations, I feel like that, that rules, uh, that, that, that comes to a, a moment on you a little bit um, and makes you miss home. It just makes you miss home because when you're at home, we're going out to restaurants together with our extended friends and having more one-on-one -on -one conversations and you miss that. So I guess it's missing home. It's not having the one-on-ones, which actually is going to change for me now that I started this show, right? I'm going to be able to do these one-on-one -on -one conversations virtually while I'm out on the road. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I think that's awesome. You know, and I, I, one thing about the music industry as a whole, I don't think people understand how grueling it really is. You know, it's a grind. It's, it really is a job, you know? And yeah. So, a lot of times well yeah I mean I could go through the grind of of what it is it's wake up at, at you know it's set the beginning of it's gonna sound terrible but you wake up in in the afternoon and I'll get to why it's the afternoon in a second and then you you have your your, your catered breakfast or whatever it is and then you work out and you do some simulation of a jail workout where you're like you do like a insanity or p90x or some kind of work because you don't you're not going out to a gym that often you're really just kind of in a dressing room. Let's grab some weights and start throwing shit around. And then you prepare, get yourself all dolled up and looking pretty for the stage and start warming up. And then, or, and in between that, you'll have several interviews for the day. You hit the stage, you play for a couple hours. It's awesome. You're from all that preparation, your energy level is a, as an all time high every single night. And that's why you don't go to bed till four o'clock in the morning. So you're not waking up till the afternoon to get your eight hours, right? Yeah, and when I think too also like just, you know, unpack and loading out, a lot of that, you know, there's there's like a there's like a grace period between the time that you actually finish your set to the time that you actually get to bed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, luckily we have a uh we used to do that. Like uh it was actually when I first joined the band, I was like the little brother and I used to be the the bass player slash roadie basically and I would I would hump everybody's gear that was like my showing the ropes kind of thing um and uh, then we've started hiring crew members it's built now we have a, a, a crew of, of like 30 people that are out doing everything for us and that's it's fantastic the, the shows don't happen without these people and actually yesterday we just uh announced that we're uh joining Hailstorm the band to uh, uh start pooling money for a lot of these roadies out there that people don't really and everyone knows the, the name roadie, but they don't really know what they do. They do everything. They make the show happen. It doesn't happen without the roadies. And right now, without any concerts, I mean, these guys live paycheck to paycheck. They're not like the artists out, out here. Like, they don't have other sources of income. They're living paycheck to paycheck, and right now, they're really hurting. So we're, we're looking to give back to the roadies right now, actually. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, uh, they're like the unsung heroes of, of, of live music, you know? Yes. With, with with that being said, you know, and you mentioned, you know, them being out of work, and I know this is kind of a tough question to answer because no one really knows the direct answer, but just in your opinion, how soon do you think it'll be before we start seeing live entertainment in the capacity that you guys were actually doing it at, you know? At that, at that capacity, I think it's going to be unfortunately a long time. Um, it's going to take a worldwide uh, vaccine before something like that can happen. Uh, actually, I just heard... Um, from uh, another source uh, yesterday that there's a promising uh, test being done in, in uh, England right now um, uh, for, for a vaccine. And like after 28 days, they're saying that, the, that these, these monkeys that they're testing are, are getting uh, 
uh, are showing signs of the antibodies due to these vaccine tests. Um, and that's a promising thing that, that makes me feel like it could be sooner. Um, but you know, they have to make sure that that's actually working properly too. Concerts are just not, they're not essential apparently, not even apparently, they just aren't. Like there's much more, as much as it's important to me and important to a lot of people, it's to, in the grand scheme of things, it, it, you can't go out there and do a concert if it's gonna jeopardize people's health. You just can't do it. Yeah. And um, I feel like there'll be a lot of other things that come back first with crowds that kind of test the waters before it even happens with uh, uh, with concerts and live music. Well, you know, and it's interesting too because I I know that there's people that are trying to create like different variations of the live music experience. You know, I had an agent reach out to me yesterday, and he, you know, I had booked them, you know, because I do promotions, I'm a concert promoter, so I had booked an act, and he was trying to, you know, tell me like, hey man, like you know, they're starting to do these driving concerts, and just I, I don't know if you know this, but where the Texas Rangers play, the baseball team. Mm -hmm. uh, they're doing a few driving concerts, you know, they're, 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 they're testing that model out right now. And I'm like, that's just not the same to me. It's just like, yeah, it, it's, it's a great, it's a cool idea to pass, if they can do it safely to pass the time. I think that, I think that's great, but yeah, it, I mean, anything you could come up with in the interim that, that doesn't jeopardize anyone's safety. I'm all for it. I love those ideas. I mean, they'll put an interesting spin on things. But when, when you ask the question to the assimilation of what we were doing before, that's where I answer the question. Like, I don't see that happening for a while. But I I didn't know about this drive-in thing off the top of my head. It sounds like a, it's not the same. You're absolutely right. But are you going to take something or nothing? You know what I mean? Like at a certain point, it's like, if, they, if, they're, if everyone's staying safe about it and doing the right thing, I think that could be a really cool, neat idea doing a drive-in concert. I mean, it's, Shit, I haven't. I've been to a drive-in movie in years. They got rid of those in California when I was like ten years old. So I'd like, I'd fucking love to do it. I, I would be into it. I mean, given yeah, again, concept. I just don't know, you know, because let's be honest. There's certain artists that are big ticketed artists that might not work in, you know, with a lot of, art, like, it could only work with a certain tier of artists, which mm -hmm. you know. But obviously, guys that are using, are doing stadium plays and stuff like that. It's kind of like ah, I don't know if that doesn't work, but. Yeah, let me ask you a question on that though. Is the audio still, uh, the, is everyone just in their cars with the windows rolled down listening to the audio there? Or are they streaming it to their cars like old school? I'm assuming it's going to probably be to the cars. I didn't really read the details, but I know that they've already announced five concerts in, uh, in the, for the Dallas one. And I think they're doing it in Houston as well, from what I read. So. That's a, I mean, shit, man. I, I'm hearing it for the first time. And you know, different people come in with their different uh, car systems. I mean, I know for me, when I was in high school, my car system was worth more than my car. So, like, if it's if if, like, if you're listening on that level and shit, you don't have to have the speakers out there. That 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 cuts down a little bit of, of crew because again, you want you'd have to run it with a skeleton crew to be safe. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of moving parts there off the top of my head, but man, that, I mean. Like you said, at least for that top tier, that could that could work. It's a forty dollar ticket. I think it's uh, per car, and you can bring your own drinks and food. So that's what that's what. I mean, that doesn't sound like a bad time right now to me. <laughs> I mean, it's worth experimenting. But you know what? I asked you earlier, what made you fall in love with wrestling? What made you fall in love with music? Like, what actually made you want to become a musician? What was actually the starting point for you to be like, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm gonna do, and that's that. 
there's two there's levels to that uh, actually um i used to answer that question before i was in the podcast world very generically yeah. um but i'll be honest it started when i was um in i didn't i didn't have daycare i went my mother was a an aerobics teacher and she would put me in the corner while she was teaching her class playing all the aerobics music a lot of it was michael jackson it was in the 80s it was a lot of a lot of uh, high energy pop from the 80s and I would be in the corner dancing to myself in the mirror because there was just a room with a giant fucking mirror. And I was three years old dancing to myself in the mirror. And I, I apparently had rhythm and everyone was laughing and I loved the attention. So that music and attention came at me and I, and I, I loved it. And I, ever since then, I, I, I pursued it. And when I got my first instrument, it was I was playing a keyboard uh, that was in our living room. And then uh, my, my father's nylon string uh, acoustic guitar. And that was to, that was really just to prove that I wanted to do music so badly that my parents would spend the money on it. And uh, they bought me my first bass for my 12th birthday. Uh, as far as picking the bass specifically, it was when I heard Cliff Burton's bass solo on um, on the first Metallica record, uh, Kill 'Em All. And that to me, when I, I first when I heard it, I had no idea it was a bass guitar. Then when I figured out it was a bass guitar, I was like, that is fucking awesome. That's what I want to do. And from then on, it was Cliff, Les Claypool, Flea, Matt Freeman, and Duff McKagan just started shaping me for the rest of, for the rest of my career. Like those, those guys are my all-time bass heroes that I've kind of um, have influenced me over the years. And uh, yeah, I mean, once, once I got the attention that I wanted, from being uh, 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 to, from being involved in music in some way, I I have to admit it, it could come off any way it wants, but it's just the truth. Like I fed off that energy that people were giving me, and I set out to then create that rather than just use it. You know, I wanted to create the music. I wanted to be a part. I want to be a part of what was coming out of the speakers, not just listening to it on the other side. So then. You, you, you start doing it and you pick it up, you make the decision, when did it actually happen? When did what you're saying come to fruition? Like, when did all of this manifest? Um, really just the, when I got together with Avenged Sevenfold. I mean, I was in garage bands before that, that I played with and uh, they were good friends of mine, great players and we had fun but it never, it never amounted to a hill of beans or anything like that. We never had real, true gigs or anything. And Avenged Sevenfold's a few years older than me had uh, started already having real gigs um, and traveling a little bit. And there was a two week tour where they didn't have a bass player and I was uh, neighborhood friends with them. And I was like, Hey, if you can't find anybody, I'll, I'll, tr I'll, I'll take two weeks off of high school and come out and do this. And, uh, yeah, the rest was history after that. They offered me the job and, and then we just kept sailing ever since. Uh, uh, they, I owe a great amount of luck and everything to the rest of the guys because um, they had already started. They, they, they had about two, three years of, of the band before I joined. Those first two, three years are extremely difficult. I've seen it. Um, I've seen even the, the next three years after that firsthand. Um, it's, it's tough, man. You got to put in the work. You, I mean, there's a lot of luck that's that's in there, but you got to be ready for those lucky moments. So you know, just coming out of kind of coming out of high school, going to being part of a band, and then now you're touring. Like, 
like, damn, it had to be a little surreal, man. It had to be a little surreal there for It's still <laughs> surreal, man. It's still surreal. I'm still the I'm still the kid that I told you about that was at my my mom's aerobics class. Like I, I like it's it's super surreal. I, I take everything uh, uh, you know, I, I try to take everything in as often as I can. And when you do, yeah, you go, holy shit, like this really happened. Like I told, I told a lot of my uh, childhood friends from day one knowing me that I was going to be in a rock band and that's all I was ever going to do. And everyone would be like, no, that's not going to happen for you. Ha ha ha. You're funny. What are you really going to do? And I'm like, no, I'm going to be in a rock band. There's no other option for me. Like, I don't care what else is out there. That's the only thing I want to do. And that's what I'm going to make happen. And, and that's not to put myself over. That's just, that's literally what I, what I thought it was all or nothing in my mind. I was like, I'm either doing that or I'm going to be a fucking bum on the, on the curb. Like there's nothing, there's nothing in between for me. And, and a lot of that wasn't say I, I made it manifest that way. It's just, I got lucky along the way and it happened. And, but I was ready for it when those moments came. And that's just, that's, that's, that's the, uh, sage advice I could give about to anyone who's aspiring to be something is you do the work, you work your ass off. I played for hours a day on bass, hours and hours and hours a day. When all my friends were going out and partying, I was playing bass. I was sitting at home playing bass. And when, when the, when the fucking call came, there was a vengeance of some of my friends that wanted, that wanted to give me a shot. And I took the shot and ran with it. And that's awesome, man. You know, and, I think one thing about music is if you're not, really not just music in general, any, anything that you have that you want to do, I, I truly believe that if you're passionate about it and you work towards it every day, you know, dreams are only going to work if you do. Yeah. So, uh, that's kind of my That's thing. a great line right there. Dreams are only going to work if you do. I like that. Yeah. So that's absolutely the way I feel about it. But you mentioned some of your, your base heroes. Uh, you've toured the country. You know, I don't know if you've had the opportunity to tour with any of your heroes, or if you met some of your heroes along the way. And if so, how were those experiences when you finally met your heroes? Dude, funny enough, I was just talking to somebody else about this last night. Um, I have gotten, I mean, we traveled the world. We've been taken out by Metallica. Uh, Metallica, actually, the whole band came out to our show in the Fillmore in California and in, uh, in, in the Bay Area in San Francisco in like 2000 three or four when we were just doing a wake in the fall in front of like tour in front of like 1200 people we were on our way but we, we certainly weren't anywhere that we wanted to be yet and uh yeah metallica came out introduced themselves and gave us kudos that time where i mean i think i was all of fucking 20 <laughs> 21 years old and i was like my first concert was a metallica concert yeah Flash forward years later, I could call those guys friends now. We've been on tour to get, we've been on countless tours together now. We've done a lot of stuff together. They're really great people. At the time, I was like, that was crazy. But then now looking back and knowing who Metallica is, I'm like, that sounds about right. That's what, that's, that's the kind of people they are. They would go out and help out the, the young bands and, and, and upcoming people and go out and shake their hand and give them kudos. It was, that's just the upstanding people that they are. So that's one story was just fantastic. Uh, Iron Maiden took us out in Europe before, um, became friendly with those guys. And then uh, Guns N' Roses for a time, so Axel. I mean, one of the last times Axel got arrested was after a party, an after party in Sweden that wrapped the Guns N' Roses tour we were on with them. And he came out and he was hanging. And he was like, he was thanking us for the tour. <laughs> he was like, thanks for being on the tour. I was like, dude, I would have showed up for nothing. This is amazing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, he, was, he couldn't have been the sweeter dude. Um, and then we, it was so funny because we flew home the next day and like 
we've landed and got the news that he got arrested that night for fighting a hotel security guard. We're like, how does that guy switch from one, like being the sweetest guy in the world to that? Like that's neither here nor there, but that was, I've only had great experience. That's the long, long, long way of telling you. I've only had a great experience of reading our heroes. I don't know if it's just by luck or what, but like every hero that I've met so far has been, there's been the coolest. And maybe it's just cause it's in the rock world. We, I mean, we do try and it's a community, right? So you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to fuck with anybody too much. Like Duff played a song with us um, at a, uh, at an award show. He came up and played one of the uh, Guns N' Roses songs that we covered. I, t- I, t- I pieced out. I was like, this is your base. This is your base time. Yeah. You come up here. This is you. And uh, yeah, it was, and he fucking played it better than I ever could, obviously. And it was fun. Well, man, you know, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I did want to ask as far as, you know, your catalog, the, the catalog of the group, uh, you know, I was, I was going online. I was just kind of doing my research. Uh, obviously you guys probably aren't recording right now because of everything going on but when can we expect another record if if and if you know you guys have any plans for that yeah no um a lot of our fans know that we've been working on album for a long time and that's like it's the number one question i get on social media when's the album where's the new album what what, what are you guys doing it's, the only thing i can say with confidence and and anything like that is that we're working i can't I, I can't speculate on times so much has changed there's so many moving parts there it's it's it would be very irresponsible for me to give any any concept of time at this at this moment. It's really just we're working. Um, we're we're not taking a break from Event Sevenfold. We're we're actively working in Event Sevenfold um, as far as timing of anything. As I said, it would be extremely irresponsible for me to throw out anything that not irresponsible in any other sense. But I would feel terrible for our fans if I threw out something and then it didn't happen. The fourth year that it was like, where did it hit the <laughs> Exactly, I can't. Yeah, that you guys are putting in the, the proper time and the and the proper respect for the project, so it could be everything that the fans expect and more. You know, because I think that's the most important part of it. It's quality. You know, it's about giving them because you guys have a, a standard now. You know, an expectation when you have a catalog and you've had the success that you've had, and the group has had it, it. It means more to have it done right than just have it done. Yeah, you nailed it on the head right there. I mean, that's, we've always been that. We've always taken that approach. Every time we go in to do a new record, we think the last record sucked. We're like, okay, now we need to do it. Like, not not literally, but we're like, we've already played it so many times. We're nitpicking at every moment of, of the last record. What can we do better this time? What is inspiring us now? Where Where are our heads at now? And that's why each one of our records sounds different it's because we come in with a different attitude every time. The, the only commonality is that we're going to make it the very best we fucking can. And we'll take whatever amount of time it takes to do that. Um, a lot of our fans understand that. Um, and it's not a knock on the ones that keep asking. I love that they keep asking because it shows their passion. They just want it, you know, and that's, that's so cool to have a fan base, to even have a fan base period, but then to have a fan base like we have, is so fucking cool. They're so rabid. They're they're so diehard, um, you know. And I absolutely love that. So again, I don't want to break any of those those people's hearts by by giving some kind of bullshit answer. <laughs> How many tattoos have you seen in your lifetime? Fan tattoos. Oh God, I can't count, man. Duh, dude, that's like the biggest. That's one of the biggest uh, uh, kudos back we can get. Is like you literally took the time and the effort, the money all of that to put our logo on your body. The craziest ones, which are getting more and more popular is the signatures. 
they'll yeah. come out and we'll sign their arm and they'll go get it tattooed. Cool. And I'm like, I'm like, you guys, like, I would personally never do that, <laughs> but I appreciate that you do. Like, that is fucking awesome. Like, it's that's like, it's couldn't give those kids a, a higher praise. Um, and a lot of them get like really rad art done too. Like, they go out to a reputable artist and will get something that's that's dedicated and, and really cool. And those, I'm just, I'm mind blown by it. You know, man, that's the respect that you guys uh, deserve. The, the, the respect that you guys have earned. But with that being said, I want to thank you so much for your time, man. This, my friends, is Johnny Christ. Uh, real quick, before we get out, uh, can you plug the, the YouTube channel real quick? And, and yeah, 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 man. So um, as, as we've been talking about here, I have my own YouTube channel for Drinks with Johnny. It's, uh, it's a passion project that I started so I could just have conversations with really cool people from different parts of the world, like my man Lorenzo right here. Um, and uh, yeah, YouTube, just type in Drinks with Johnny. You'll find it. Hit the subscribe button if you like what you're seeing. Um, it's also a, available as a podcast. That's everywhere you, any, anywhere you enjoy podcasts. Um, if you're a podcaster, just go on your Apple, Spotify, whatever. Subscribe there. And then we're on all social medias, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We have, a, we have a TikTok, but we haven't done anything with it yet. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do with that. <laughs> um, yeah, and that, all those are just drinks with Johnny. You search on them. It's, it's easy enough to find. There's also a .com where we have merch um, and uh, the, the archives of all of our episodes on all the platforms. So you can go directly there to drinkswithgiant.com. The merch is up again. And, you know, it's not like I'm hurting for money. The merch is there to actually help me pay to my crew that helps me put on Drinks With Johnny. So a lot of people get worried. They're like, oh, he's asking for money. This guy has already got so much, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm not that big of a dick. I'm not asking it for my pocket. <laughs> I, I have a little crew that I'm that, that I'm uh, that I'm trying to pay here. So uh, any any amount helps. That's awesome. Uh, and then the Instagram at Johnny Christ Official for those that don't know. And obviously oh yeah, that's the other one for 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 the Avenged Sevenfold side. It's at at Johnny Christ Official and at Avenged Sevenfold. That's awesome, man. I thank you so much for your time. And just like yeah, man. others, I now all hell, we all hell Johnny Christ. You know? <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> Thanks, brother. And I'll, be, I'll be keeping in touch, man. Yeah, absolutely.